following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Alright everybody, welcome to the show, episode 741 of I Doubt It. I am your host, joined today by the lovely, talented, scholarly, beamy, Brittany Page, everybody. Beaming as in my teeth are beaming, right? Uh, My teeth? I'm... I, I don't get the joke. Because I got them whitened. Oh, yeah. Apparently, they didn't do that great of a job. <laughs> uh, but I, I got my teeth <sighs> whitened, like, at the dentist. Like, I didn't just use, like, Crest White Strips or something. And I had no idea that it was basically, like, a medieval torture device that they put you through. Um, uh, uh, you mean a, an electric-powered medieval torture device with like a a technology and a blue light and all of that yeah it was very medieval and (laughs) they (laughs) it may as well have been a chair with spikes on the bottom just to sit you down exactly yeah yeah so they stretch your mouth hole open with the like device that holds your lips back it's like a saw like a saw movie yeah, they grease them up and they pull them and they stretch them and they put them in the thing and then they grease them up. They shove some uh, cotton balls all around your mouth and then they paint on bleach to your teeth. It's like I'm in dental school being taught by a learned professor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was it the stretch the mouth hole open that gave it away that I'm super knowledgeable? Right, yes. Yeah. And uh, Here, they, you get on that side. I'm going to get yeah. on this side. <laughs> it did not take two people. It took one person. But uh, they paint the bleach on your teeth and then they shove the blue light right on your teeth. And mm. I can't remember now. I think it was supposed to be three 10 minute sessions of this where they paint the bleach on and then they put the light on your teeth and the, the first round that she did, she put me on medium, and immediately I knew it was going to be a no-go. And, and I don't know if it like was... Like lightning shocks going through your teeth. No, there weren't lightning shocks, but I could tell that like things started to feel hot. It was just... I knew it was headed in a terrible direction from the start. You mean a terrible direction, meaning beautifully brightened white teeth. Well, sure. And that's what she told me. She said, beauty is pain <laughs> as I'm like holding my mouth about to cry. <laughs> By the way, my mouth is watering as I talk about this because we'll get to the pain. But I knew oh, it was going to be a I'm problem. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm throwing a whole wrench into your narrative here. Sure. Well, I, I wondered if it was just psychosomatic because when she said medium, let me know if that's too much and we can go down to low my brain was immediately like, whoa, that's going to be too much, and we're going to need low. It's like if someone gives you like <laughs> some weak-ass hot sauce like 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 uh, Tapatio, and they go, listen, yeah. if this is too hot for you, yeah. I've got just regular tomato sauce you can have, <laughs> and it just sets you up to want the tomato sauce. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I did a few rounds of it, and uh, it, it was fine. She took me out of it. I, I stood up. She told me, okay, if you want to keep these results... You need to not eat Results. mustard. 
oh, they showed you what color your teeth were and are. Is that right? No, no. What results? What do you mean? Well, my teeth were whiter. Oh, oh, the results of being a little whiter. Yeah, and yeah. The, the dentist did come in and he said, okay, we took you from about like, I guess he said A4 to an A1. That's the language he used. And he's uh-huh. like, that sounds like it's a few shades lighter, but it's more than just a few shades because of the way it works. Anyway, they look great. Uh, I know where you're going. I remember this when you got home and you looked up what A4 was. Yeah, I looked it yeah. up and... I mean, it was basically like Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Like, that's what he was telling me what my teeth looked yeah, like how before. Many, listen, how many iterations? It's like you're workshopping a tight 15 well, at listen, the comedy store. Well, this is the worst that joke has ever performed because you've heard it like six times. And I will tell you this. Every setting that I've told it in, it has killed. <laughs> And you're sick of hearing it because you're sick of all the laughs that I get. Oh, that's what it yeah, is. I'm, I'm like, jealous. I'm generating electricity for the planet with this single joke, okay? I'm jealous of all the all the laughs that you're getting. Exactly. So, but no, but he really did. He tried to tell me that, like, the shade that my teeth started out as were, like, basically brown. I mean, it was like pirate's teeth. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's just bullshit. But this is the same guy who, like, made the joke when he splashed water on my face that he was giving me a facial. For the record, I don't go back to him anymore. He just happened to be the the dentist yeah, on yeah, call yeah. that day when I was getting my teeth whitened from the other person, and he popped his head in. So I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a pirate joke that someone used to tell. Uh huh. Since you're getting all the laughs with the pirate joke. Oh, you think it's the pirate? So what's part the, of it? What's the third letter of the pirate alphabet? I don't know. A B C. Ah. You'd think it'd be C, but it'd actually be R. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank my you. God. <laughs> thank you to Justin Andrews, wherever you are, sir. I'm sure I botched the whole setup, but... You did the pirate's voice pretty well, though. Very, yeah. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so then... And also, I know that Samson and Haas, all these inside people now, are cringing yeah. at what just took place on the show. And so right. I, to, to those gentlemen, I apologize. Yeah, so as I was leaving, she's telling me, if you want to keep these results, you know, no more Jack Sparrow teeth, then (laughs) you got to avoid coffee, no mustard, no chocolate. And she starts naming all of the things that make life worth living. And I'm just sitting there. You know, mustard. (laughs) When you think of quality of life, you're like, don't take away my mustard. (laughs) I I love mustard. Of course, but it's not one of the things that people No, it's absolutely, it's actually the thing, the thing the top of the list so comment down over there and as she's talking to me i start having Look, i know sex is good but have you ever had dijon mustard <laughs> <laughs> um i start having these sharp shooting pains in my teeth to the point where i couldn't talk and my entire mouth was filling with saliva I forgot what they're called now. Do you remember what they're called? There's a name for them after you get whitening done. Well, there's a, a thing in front of you called a computer and a, a a website that you should check out. It's called Google as I give you time to look it up. It's like breakthrough pain or shooters or zingers. 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 That's it. Zingers. zingers. Okay. 
uh, zingers, and it's basically zinger like your jokes, Brittany. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> like that. So it's basically just your nerves being terrorized, and it's this sharp pain that shoots through your mouth. And Not I ha- through your mouth, like in the depths of your teeth. Yeah, so I, I felt it too. Yeah, because you had the whitening done as well. Yeah, yeah. And what did your teeth look like before? They, I mean, they look like mustard flavored chiclets. No, is what they look like. no, I'm asking you like what the dentist told you. I'm sure he's like, you don't even need this. Your teeth are in perfect shape. Since every time you go to the dentist, you're a fucking king. And I go in and I'm dying of my teeth. I swear to God. <laughs> and who is the one who flosses all the time? Who is it? It's, it's me. It's definitely it's not you. It's definitely but not you're me. the little perfect prince when you go in. So perfect. Good for you. Anyway, where were we? I don't know. Sorry, that hit a sore spot. <laughs> <coughs> All right, that's going to stay in. I'm not going to We're not doing a bunch of this bullshit with this podcasting perfection. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> goddamn. So, I'm never doing it again and I know that ne- the- Well, first of all, the difference was not profound. No, it wasn't. Prof- it certainly wasn't enough to put myself through all that. I mean, it's, it was. It's pretty profound when I get it done. Yeah, and I'm sure it's. Listen, if it's important to people or whatever, but I, it's. I just. You're not a big fan of pain. I'm not a big fan of pain. Yeah, I don't. I don't like pain. Interesting, but no, but like not even like mild inconvenience or discomfort is anathema to you. It's like, what? <laughs> what is this? Well, now you're making me sound whiny as hell, but here's why I think that that's the case no. is because I think I'm kind of uh, like I've had enough in my lifetime oh, I to see. where I... Uh, You've met your quota. Yeah, I just want to be like happy now. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. So what a concept. I'm never doing it again, and I appreciate the woman trying to convince me that beauty is pain. Uh, but I think I will take my mustard and my chocolate and my coffee and continue about my life and hope for the best. We let be! Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Brittany, <laughs> for that uh, rousing introduction to the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> your, your, your smile is as beautiful as ever. Yeah. And uh, I am in awe of the whiteness of your... And by the way, <laughs> can I say this? <laughs> It is, uh, when you said Jack Sparrow, like, I had no idea, because up to this point, the joke has been, like, Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And then you just, you actually brought out the character's name, Jack Sparrow. I had no, because I don't think I've maybe seen half of the first movie. Yeah, you're actually right. I, I It's better Johnny Depp. It is. It's better Johnny Depp. And I also didn't say Captain Jack Sparrow. Did I? No, you said yeah, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, so I totally fucked it up this time. And uh, that's a bummer. Thank you for stomping on my grave and uh, wouldn't expect anything less from Jesse D. Wow. Your support on the show. Things have taken a dark turn, everybody. Your support on the show is unwavering. So we love your. I appreciate you. We love your communication. In every way. Thank you, everybody who who writes in and calls in. Uh, I want to drop the phone number 657 464 7609. Was something said? Did you. Were you saying uh, something? Yeah, yeah. This is going to... I doubt it at dollamore.com. <laughs> that is the email address fr- to which you can email a voice memo from your smartphone. Uh, listener communication is important to the show. It does help us move the conversation forward, uh, even if it is also shitting on Brittany Page as much as this call does. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Um, I love the show, and uh, I'm trying to speak as clearly as I can. I'm in my work truck. But um, I listened to your most recent podcast, 
uh, episode and uh, something uh, caught my ear. I was listening to it the first maybe 10 minutes and uh, I noticed Britney's pronounces donut as donut. That's weird. That's weird. Um, but uh, it, I forgot where you said you were from, Brit. Um, but is that how it's pronounced where you're from? Like, I'm from Maryland. And we pronounce water as water. So I think it might be something like that. But it's that's weird. I just wanted to uh, make notice about how much that bothers me. The way you say donut. Not only do you spend too much time talking about your personal lives on the show, <laughs> you pronounce donut as donut, and that bothers me. No, but uh, I'm just pulling your leg. But um, yeah, man, I love the show, and uh, I I bought one of your your shirts. I bought the uh, the treason shirt with the 45 in the middle. I love that shirt, and it's it's very comfy too, and. Uh, I notice when I wear it out in the grocery stores and stuff, I get I get a couple of looks like they kind of don't know what it means, but they kind of know what it means. But um, I haven't been approached on it yet, but um, I'm just waiting. Not that I'm looking for trouble or anything, but I just want to see. But anyway, um, I love the show, man. Uh, yeah, keep it up. I love it. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. So... This is what I find funny. There's there's a certain delicious irony here that somebody from Maryland is going to give you and by I think by extension myself shit about the way we pronounce words. Well, uh, listen, if he has a problem with the way I pronounce donut, which I <laughs> I guess is like a problem. I, 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 I think it's just because I don't have time to say donut. Like that's a really long time and no one has a lot that. of waste of yeah, no one. Has listen, I think I pr- pronounce donut the same way as you. It just, I don't talk about donuts as much as you, so no one really notices. Well, also, get ready, because there's all kinds of words that I can't pronounce correctly. I can barely read. It's, <laughs> it has been a long process. There's many clips that Jesse has saved over the years of us doing the show where I have been reading something and I, you know, couldn't pronounce the word. It's happened many times. So just prepare. More to come. Quote, a nominate, a nominate, a nominate. Anonymity, anonymity, <laughs> anonymity. Oh my god! Anonymity, anonymity. <laughs> so, you know what? That was early on. You That's know probably what? in the first ten episodes of the show. No, that was yesterday. And <laughs> I, well, listen, I, I don't know how to explain it. Okay, I. If we're going to make it depressing, I really did struggle to learn how to read when I was young. And I have some traumatic experiences because I I was raised by wolves and yeah, yeah, yeah. not being able to do things correctly in my home. It was not met with compassion. Well, well <laughs> we've talked about this before, that if someone mispronounces a word, it's it's well, it's best just not to make fun of people anyway. And I don't think that's what the caller was doing, but it's because you learned how to read on your own. So well, you didn't have someone, like when you read uh, Yosemite as Yosemite. Yeah. It's because you've always read that word. You've never heard it said or connected it to that particular word. Right. Well, I love how you're like, no one should make fun of how someone pronounces words. Cause, and then Not you're viciously. like, you're saving these clips that you have all this ammunition that you just pull out of nowhere. Anyway. To use against me and blackmail me. I said anyway. Anyway. 
<laughs> Thank you for the call. But we do appreciate the the call because it is always fun to hear what people notice that we don't notice because we are around each other all the time. So you probably didn't notice that I say donut. And well, I think I pronounce it the same way. Oh, and then he, oh, that's right. He asked where I'm from. Well, I was born in California and spent most of my formative years in Idaho. So, well, I get, you know, I, listen, I used to pronounce measure like a tape measure, mm-hmm. measure. Yeah. And it got teased out of me by people. Mm-hmm. I also, I used to pronounce milk, milk. I still, still do that. Do. Yeah. yeah. It, it's regional. I haven't course corrected on that. <laughs> It has not been beaten out of you. I think I'm going to be talking about donuts a lot more as well. Well, this is the perfect time to announce that we are changing the name of the show. (laughs) Oh, a donut review podcast is what we're going to become. So, so well, that might take off. (laughs) We might be more successful with that. That that's actually true. Anyway, caller, I don't remember if you said your name. I have your name written on the on the the clip, but I'm not going to say it. We make Uh, a habit to not say it unless you say it. That's right. So thank you for the call. We do appreciate it. And also, I just launched um, the new like banner logo. It's not the official podcast square art, but uh, the logo of the show on t-shirts on the the website. So if you go to dollamore.info. That'll redirect you to the Teespring store, and you can uh, support the show by buying both the treason shirts that are still out there and the hoodies, but also new uh, I Doubt It podcast with Jesse Dollimore and Brittany Page. Also logos, T-shirts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good times. Well, remember when you were wearing the Black Lives Matter T-shirt the other day? Oh, yeah, that that that's an interesting yes about wearing the, the the treason t-shirt in a grocery store yeah and there was a guy that was and where were we going where were we walking into Brittany page it was a cake shop where they sell donuts and cakes yes we were picking up our anniversary cake that's right 12 yes. years so i noticed this guy because he came out of one of the stores and he didn't have a mask on which in california again we want to specify you actually don't need to be wearing a mask if you're vaccinated indoors. It's still like 50-50 people who do, though. I would say it's a little bit more than 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still seems pretty common, but there are a lot of people who aren't wearing them anymore, and there, this guy wasn't. He looked, and, he looked like a Trump guy. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that it was just the mask wearing that kind of sent a... A message, but it was also the way that he it was, turned around. No, it was also the fact that he was five foot nine and one hundred and forty pounds, and was walking with his arms out to his side, like he had muscles that wouldn't allow his arms to rest naturally at his sides. It is always interesting <laughs> when you see that. But he also, so he turned around, looked at your shirt, made it apparent that he was reading the shirt, yeah, and then became disgruntled like it was it was very subtle but Mm -hmm. you could tell that it was happening it was a micro expression a micro expression and we both kind of like noticed it without even communicating it we laughed out loud and i knew exactly why you were laughing yeah and he ended up going into the cake shop and was standing in line right in front of us so we were right behind him and made a a concerted uh a lot of effort went into not making eye contact or turning around at any point during his transaction. Right. And then again, he was the only one not wearing a mask in that That's in right. the bake shop at yeah. the time. So you are also one who wears t-shirts out in public 
prompting a reaction. Not looking for it, but t-shirts that can well, prompt a reaction, like the treason shirt that the caller talked well, about. Also, we talked about this, and we're going to move on here, but we, we talked about the moment where a guy was begging me to cave his fucking head in at the Albertsons when I had the uh, Elizabeth Warren oh, shirt on. Okay. Yeah, that's how it went down. <laughs> okay. I think everyone will remember the way I remember. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Let's all just take a moment to relax and maybe listen to a relaxing tune. A relaxing tune. All right. Here's a relaxing tune for everybody. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Is that is that the uh, the is that the tune you're talking about? <laughs> How relaxing was that? What a relaxing tune that is. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We'd encourage you to sound off, to call in, to email in 657-464-7609. Of course, always you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Patrick M. Patrick M. David B. David B. Janet R. Janet R. Shara C. Shara C. And we would like to give a special shout out to Lily Does Doodles. Lily Does Doodles. And the reason for the special shout out is because she more than doubled her pledge. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I just did a chef's kiss. Beautiful. We like very little, much appreciate kind of a, that. Kind of a... A delicate, dainty chef's kiss. Well, and if you remember, uh, Lily Does Doodles, because that's the Patreon screen name, so we're going to go with that, um, drew us, drew us, uh, yeah. like maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, some time ago. Time is just running all together. It's crammed together, right? Yeah. Know. And she... Her, I think it's her, on the Instagram. Yeah, but also on TikTok. And uh, just I just uh, followed her back, and she has really blown up. Like, she has a lot of followers over there. So, so like, does her husband. Oh, Nemo. Okay. okay. Yeah, he commented on a video and was like, "Hey, I'm so." I'm like, "I know who you guys are." It's, we don't have this millions of people that I don't know individual people who listen to the show. There's six <laughs> of you out there. I know who yeah, you are. Exactly. <laughs> You're our only friends, in fact. And yeah, that is it. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. We've started this thing. We started it last year. And we're going to do a yearly Patreon gift that we're going to send out at the end of the year. And we did this with the beautiful stickers that were designed. The design was completed by Sarah in Connecticut. And we're thinking of doing a fridge magnet this year. And we're going to have a few designs created. And then we're going to have the Patreon supporters vote on which design they think is best for the fridge magnet. And then we're going to have that be our yearly reward to Patreon supporters yeah and just like with the sticker from last year 
it you don't have to be a new Patreon supporter to get it. Everyone who's a Patreon supporter is going to get it, but we will kind of give a deadline for people to become Patreon supporters in order to vote on and get the yeah, magnet. Yeah. So I need to get on that, getting that designed, and yeah. then we'll we'll have at least three options to choose from. Yeah, and again, this is like an end of the year kind of thank you for supporting us throughout the year and being a, a part of our Patreon family. Um, if you would like to stay connected to us, please follow the Facebook page, I Doubt It Podcast, the Twitter accounts, I Doubt It Podcast, at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page, and please interact with us there. Absolutely. All right, let's get to a little bit of follow-up. Actually, the first thing is not follow-up. Uh, it, it, it's follow-up in the respect of... And it just sparked in my mind when you said that you know supported us over the course of the last year. Mm-hmm. If you thought 2020 was terrible, it was. But if you thought 2021 was looking up and on the bright side, uh, maybe slow your roll just a little, a little bit. It still boggles the mind to look at it. It may look just like a scene from a disaster movie, but this is real. This video captured today when the ocean caught fire in the Gulf of Mexico just west of the Yucatan Peninsula. Those dramatic images of the ocean aflame quickly going viral on social media. Some people calling it an eye of fire, while others said it looked like the portal to hell opening up. Pemex, the Mexican state-run oil company, says an underground natural gas pipeline sprung a leak that caused that mid-ocean fire. A number of firefighting boats pumped water onto the fire for nearly five hours until it was eventually extinguished. They put out a fire on the ocean, an oil platform nearby not damaged. (laughs) So, yeah, what the hell? I mean, the images that were going viral on Twitter, it looked like molten lava. Yeah, crazy. It was, it was terrifying, and that was the kind of the phrase that everyone was using, the ocean is on fire. And then when they started using water to, I don't know why I said it like that, I'm trying to piss off the caller. <laughs> I'm trying to say as many words in a way that will ruin the day of the caller. Um, the, it took five hours to fully put out yeah. with spraying the water on. And again, it's a fire in the ocean, and then they're putting water on it in the ocean <laughs> to put it out. It's I crazy. I didn't know that it was a natural gas leak. So that to me is, I mean, that's obviously better than the BP disaster that happened in the Gulf of Mexico uh, off the uh, off the coast of like Louisiana and Texas a few years ago, mm-hmm. where like tens of thousands of barrels of oil were just poured into the ocean. If this is natural gas, I'm sure it's still uh, an environmental catastrophe, but not on the level of having crude oil just poured into the goddamn ocean. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's good news. But the pictures were crazy as shit. Yeah. And then on top of that, you had the heat wave uh, across the Pacific Northwest, I guess yeah. it would be, right? Because it was um, areas of Idaho. Seattle was in the hundreds, right? Portland. Yeah. Seattle was triple digits. Portland was like 117 degrees. Yeah. Both record, record temperatures for both Seattle and Portland. But, you know, let's... Let's completely ignore global warming uh, from a policy perspective and doing anything at all. We're getting to the place where it is, well, we've, I think we've passed the place that it's an emergency. And this is the problem with having octogenarians in charge of policy. They're not going to be around in five years. You know, it, somewhere in there, they're not giving a fuck. We need people who are going to be around for another 50 years and really fear what their futures on earth are going to look like. Right. Have them be in charge. Right. Anyway, uh, the other bit of follow-up 
is the fact we've talked for a long time about Bill Cosby. No, no, we don't answer that. For a long time, we followed this story, mm-hmm. and um, he has been released from jail. He has been released from prison on somewhat of a technicality. It, listen, it is a valid reason that they're giving for letting him out. It is the, the reason is is I'll explain it is. Bruce Castor, who was the district attorney at the time, promised Bill Cosby immunity if he would testify. If he he was, you have to offer immunity for someone to testify in a civil hearing and say things that would incriminate themselves. But a formal deal was never made to give immunity to Bill Cosby. But he agreed to testify in a hearing that he did incriminate himself. He did admit to giving women drugs for the purposes of sex. And then they, they went and they prosecuted him after the fact. After Bruce Castor had left office and someone else took over, they prosecuted him for statements that were given with the understanding that he was going to have immunity. So well, it's a fucking terrible situation all the way around, but I want to say this before you say something, and that is Bruce Castor defended Donald Trump in the impeachment trial. That's who Bruce Castor is. Just an incompetent fucking boob. Well, and I, I just want to clarify that a little bit because it it's got kind of convoluted, but it's basically they're chalking this up to like prosecutorial incompetence. Yes. And what you were saying is true that, that Bruce Castor and Cosby never reached a formal agreement for granting immunity. But when he gave the testimony in a civil lawsuit, that essentially like was the same thing as reaching a formal immunity deal, or at least that's what it was considered to be. That's, yeah, that's what it's right. being viewed as. And so that is why we're left here with the Supreme Court decision in Commonwealth versus Cosby that he is no longer in prison. Yeah. Now, listen, he's not exonerated. They didn't find the conviction improper at all. All they're saying is... He was convicted on statements that he gave that shouldn't have been admitted into court. So it is fucking terrible. This is re-victimizing his victims all over again, especially Andrea Constand that this case was centered around. Um, and I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. I mean, I'm, I did a, a brief video on it on YouTube and I've gotten less... I've gotten less shit than I thought I would get from people saying that Bill Cosby is innocent. Um, but there's still a swath of people out there who do believe that, even though he admitted in a civil deposition to drugging women with quaaludes for the purposes of having sex with them. Mm -hmm. Come on. Well, and it's remarkable that there are people out there that believe he's innocent because they're taking Bill Cosby's word for that, even though he has admitted (laughs) to behavior in the past. Um, 60 women have accused him of sexual assault. And he was convicted in this case of assaulting just one. You you named Andrea Constant. And it's possible that, you know, some other prosecutor will take up the cases of the other 59 accusers. But um, it's it's pretty much going to be the case that he is uh, he's out that this conviction is now dead. Yeah. So here is. an interview or, or just kind of a statement. She was speaking for a while on CNN. Her name is Victoria Valentino. She is one of Bill Cosby's accusers. And I, I thought it was it would be apropos of the moment to hear from one of his victims, alleged victims, um, and what they're feeling right now. I was just absolutely in shock 
I was stunned. We had just gotten a letter not that long ago saying that his parole was uh, preemptively denied. His three to ten year sentence was coming up to a parole hearing uh, in September, September 25th, in fact, this year. And uh, once we heard that his parole was denied because he showed no remorse and refused to participate in any of the programs for uh, abusers, uh, they felt that it was uh, worthy of, of being declined. And and for this to come out of left field is just, uh, it's a gut punch. I mean, there's, there's, there's no other way to describe it. You know, and, and for a legal glitch to come up after all of this is, is just, you know, what does that say about a woman's worth, a woman's value? You know, do 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 our lives mean nothing? All of the lives that he damaged, not to mention our children, how how we respond to our children and our personal relationships. You know, it has impacted the lives of well over 60 women, the 60 that came public and those of us who did not go public because they were fearful. So here we are, back to square one. I mean, we can't even say, yeah, we're going to prosecute him again, because apparently uh, the whole verdict has been literally overturned. I mean, that's outrageous. I'm infuriated. I hear you. I hear you. I I mean, I... I, I understand, uh, Victoria, and I remember I interviewed you the day after his conviction, and you told us it was the most exciting thing I've heard in a long, long time. I was so thrilled. I mean, for you and so many of the accusers, this was such a long wait for justice at the time. It had been decades that you'd carried around, you know, as you say, the, the pain of, of what had happened to you and so many of the fellow survivors felt that way. And you felt as though finally you'd gotten some justice. And it must feel like justice has been denied, like justice has been stripped away, like the the reprieve that you got, you, your victimizer, your rapist, your abuser, was finally held to account, and then that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And what is this? What is the message that is sent to other victims out there who are struggling with whether or not to come forward, or struggling with whether to report something that has yeah. happened to them? Um, and you hear all the time of, "Well, why? Why didn't they come forward sooner? Why did they wait? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why this? Why that? Well, this is why. This is exactly. I mean, this is it." It's got to be stifling. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, and it and it's because of prosecutorial incompetence on the on the part of Bruce Castor, mm-hmm. just a, a fucking loser. When you're when you're when you're charged with representing the interests of victims and the prosecution of victimizers, and then your actions are there's a straight line between. Bruce Castor being bad at his job and Bill Cosby being back out on the street. No good. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we have talked a lot about the January 6th um, insurrection at the Capitol, the attempted coup of the United States government, the overturning of the Constitution of these United States. And my exciting personal connection to it. And, and Brittany's high school ex-boyfriend, ex-boyfriend from high school. Yeah. His... The photos that broke the internet of him, like, repelling down, like, climbing down into the Senate chamber. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, (laughs) so that whole saga is is going on now. Nancy Pelosi is finally named, finally named, finally named a select committee, including um, Liz Cheney. On the Democrat side as one of the committee members. Mm-hmm. Talk about reaching across the aisle. That, that's a big deal. I don't think people really appreciate just how big a deal that is. Because Liz Cheney was the number four Republican in the House conference until like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And now she is being named by the Democrat Speaker of the House in to be on this committee. Well, Kevin McCarthy has threatened... Uh, House members, Republicans, with losing all of their committee seats if they agree to be impaneled mm-hmm. on the Republican side of this of this select committee. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, because I have a clip here from Mike Shields, who is a, a, a strategist, a paid strategist for Kevin McCarthy. We need to, I really want the audience to understand that the Republican Party right now is very, they are entrenched with, they are allied with the same individuals who tried to overturn the Constitution of the United States, who tried to, to, to commit, to, to a coup Mm -hmm. in broad daylight at the United States Capitol. They're now traveling with members of Congress to the border, acting as interpreters down there, driving them to and fro. They have intimate access still to the United States Capitol and our Congress people. Brand new CNN reporting raises huge questions about the company some Republicans keep. Photos and videos capture a January 6th Capitol riot, or get this, tagging along with Republican House lawmakers on a trip to the border. And we begin right there with that new and important reporting from CNN's K-File team that just speaks volumes about the direction of today's Republican Party. A conservative YouTube personality who took part in the January 6th riot at the Capitol traveled with a group of House Republicans to the U.S.-Mexico border this week. If that isn't shocking enough, add in this. Those Republican members traveling to the border were skipping a House vote here in Washington that very day on creating a select congressional committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. Our CNN reporter and senior editor of the K-File, Andrew Kaczynski, joins us now with this critical reporting. Andrew, walk us through what you've learned. Yeah, it's good to be with you. So uh, basically, uh, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, this YouTuber named Anthony Aguero, uh, who, as we previously reported, is a close friend of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, appeared, um, you know, he took part in the Capitol riot, went into the building, uh, chanted heave ho as rioters broke in. Later, after leaving the building, chanted our house with the rioters uh, and then justified it, you know, actually and criticized those who uh, attacked them over breaking in. He accompanied all these members of Congress uh, to the border 
there was a group of Republicans from the Republican Study Committee, and they traveled to the border ahead of President Trump's visit. Uh, how exactly he joined the group is unclear, um, but uh, the, it's very um, interesting, like, because as you can see in our photos and videos that we just posted on CNN.com, he at times served as a translator for them when talking to migrants crossing the border. Um, he interviewed many of them, and he even drove one of them in his truck. And, and Andrew, you say we're not quite sure how he got there. What do the members say about this? So we spoke uh, to the office of Republican Jim Banks. He's the chair of the study committee who organized the trip. He said they were unaware of this individual participating in the Capitol riot or who he was. And they said he didn't travel with them actually to the border. So he wasn't part of the group that went from the, uh, you know, press briefing where they, you know, they, they met before and then they went to the border. Uh, so they said, you know, they didn't know who he was. Um, but as you can see, um, he was very intimately involved in this trip. Um, and, you know, just this was this close to this uh, group of a half dozen lawmakers who went. Right. They say they were unaware of who he was and how he got there, but he was translating for them, driving at least one of them in the mix of them in a secure situation near the border. Andrew Kaczynski, the KFAL mm-hmm. team, are grateful for this reporting. So listen, their denials are meaningless. I mean, I think it could be agreed that that is the case. They, they did, Oh, we didn't know what. These are the same people who voted not to impeach Donald Trump. These are the same people who witnessed what took place and are now calling it a tourist event. And now they're traveling to the border with these same people, these insurrectionists, these traitors to America. Well, and Kevin McCarthy acting like he cares about any of this, he... So Liz Cheney going to the the special committee to investigate the the January 6th riot, and he is saying that he is shocked by this. He called it shocking. And he's implying that she could lose her seat on the Armed Services Committee as payback, uh, saying, quote, I don't know in history where someone would get their committee assignments from the speaker and then expect to get them from the conference as well. So he's threatening Liz Cheney for accepting this post, but he doesn't care about Republicans who make anti-Semitic comments, call for imprisoning their Democratic colleagues, or uh, killing them, promoting conspiracy theories about the origins. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they had the opportunity to re- remove her from her uh, committee assignments. They refused. It was the Democratic Party uh, with a full House vote that had to do it. Right. So it speaks volumes about uh, the people that Kevin McCarthy wants to reward with more power or keep in power and the people that he wants to take out of power within the Republican Party. And it shows their priorities. I mean, in addition to them traveling with this guy, I mean, we we see this quite clearly and there are continued attempts to gaslight the American public. But I, I really hope that people are seeing what's happening here. And accepting reality. Well, here's here's Mike Shields, who, again, is a paid representative, a paid strategist by Kevin McCarthy. And his comments about it are to be expected from Republicans trying to distract, trying to deflect about the seriousness. Because if it is as serious as everybody knows it is, and the Republicans are acting the way they're acting, it paints Republicans as not caring about an actual literal insurrection. That is the case, and that is why they're trying to downplay it. Listen to this. 
now. Mike Shields, he is currently a paid strategist for House Minority Leader. Kevin McCarthy, also former RNC chief of staff. Mike, good evening. Thanks, good for, evening. Taking, ta thanks for taking the time. Um, look, Kevin McCarthy could have supported a bipartisan committee like 35 Republicans in the House voted to do. He didn't, even after Speaker Pelosi literally gave in on nearly all his demands outlined in that February 22nd letter, like equal representation by Democrats and Republicans, co-equal subpoena power. But he didn't. Why is he dead set against getting answers here and investigating the insurrection? Well, this is a partisan committee, and I, I, I disagree with you. Kevin McCarthy, McCar yes, I am a paid um, advisor to Kevin, and I don't talk to him about this stuff because it's official business. But from a political perspective, this is a partisan committee. And Kevin did propose to do a bipartisan committee that would look at political violence. For instance, his colleague Steve Scalise was shot on a baseball field through political violence. Why would we only focus on January 6th? And the reason is pretty simple. Democrats know they're in a terrible position in 2022 to, win, to keep the House. They want to drum this up for political purposes, and they just keep talking about it over so and Mike, over again. Mike, and so now they've created a committee where Pelosi gets signed off even so, on any so of the appointments that a Republican So if you're in the minority and you don't get every single thing you want, that last thing that he wanted wasn't even in this February 22nd letter. He added it later after Pelosi gave him literally everything he outlined in this letter. If you're in the minority, you don't get everything you want then you don't look at an attack on the Capitol even when you were inside of it. Is that look, right? This was, a, this was a partisan process from the very beginning. The first proposal that Nancy Pelosi made was that it wouldn't be equal, that they would, they would be in charge of the process. Here we are now. Look, She's basically gotten what she originally proposed, which is they're in charge of the process. It's political theater. There are currently, so yesterday, yesterday the Washington Post that <clears throat> said that 12 more people in one day were arrested for this. The FBI is investigating this. There's actually juries and indictments happening, which, by the way, is great. I'm for that. I support the Capitol Police. I believe anyone who did anything on January 6th that's illegal should go to jail. That's, that's exactly Fine, what should happen. I'm going to pause it there for a second. First of all, the fact that the FBI is investigating this has nothing to do with the responsibility of Congress to secure the building that they work in. The FBI isn't going to be passing budgets and allocating funds to reinforce the infrastructure of the building against a future attack, which the FBI is now warning against in August. Not specifically against the United States Capitol, but they are warning against the possibility of violence from domestic extremists, including QAnon and election deniers. So Mike Shields can fuck straight off. Kevin McCarthy can do the same. You can't leave... Um, an investigation that is ongoing with the Justice Department and the FBI as the only thing in town when there are very real responsibilities that Congress has to ensure that Congress members are safe while they do their jobs, while they're working alongside of people who are bringing these same insurrectionists with them on policy advisal uh, trips. This asshole continues. McCarthy has made, thank you for stating that you want answers here. Kevin McCarthy clear, clearly doesn't from any sort, That's of, not sort true. of committee. It's not true. Does he they're have not, a personal, Because they're not Mike, looking just, for let answers. Me finish, they're Mike. looking for politics. Let me, they're looking let me to win elections the and make it political. Just let me get a question out. You answer it. We'll go back and forth on that. Does he have a personal conflict of interest here? Because remember, he was talking to President Trump in the weeks leading up to January 6th. He supported and carried on the big lie. And he may be, could be, as Manu just reported again, called as a witness because of his phone call with President Trump 
Is he personally afraid that he may be vulnerable in this investigation? No, and he's, he's I'm just repeating what he, he's spoken on the record about that. And so he's made that clear and he's clarified that. But here's the thing. This, what you have to remember is, this is all about politics. This is political theater. Nothing is going to be accomplished here. the Benghazi you, well, on, investigation to answer. get to the truth. Poppy, you said you're going to ask questions that you said I can answer. But I'm answer going to the answer the question. question I'm asking. I, I am. This is about politics. That is the answer to the question. Benny Thompson just came out and said, actually, you know, we may not just stick to our old deadline of the end of the year. We may just keep doing this forever. And that tells you everything you need to know about this. Do this you? is a political issue. And, and by the way, as a, as a campaign operative, as a Republican, yes. I'm kind of glad. I, if the Democrats want to run on 22 about January 6th, which affects no one's lives in this country every day, Republicans what? are going to run on securing the border. Wait, wait, hold They're on. Gonna... January 6th affects no one's lives in this country? This this commission is not going to affect is that people's what you, lives. But no, of course not. How could it not it's, having it's answers not gonna to put an people ongoing to threat? It's not going to help them with their taxes. An ongoing it's, threat. Mike, an ongoing threat, a life or death threat, according to DHS and sure. the FBI. And that's why the FBI is investigating it. it. A political theater has no bearing Look, on that. Do, All that do you is remember, about do I need to remind you what Kevin McCarthy said about Benghazi and that commission? Let's find the truth wherever the truth takes us. And you know Why what? In that commission, Republicans time? didn't have sign off on Democrats getting on the commission. Ah, listen, the threat that domestic extremists, domestic terrorists that they pose is equal to or near equal to the threat of, of some outside Islamic terrorist group that Republicans are constantly going off about. Very real threat. And what's Mike Shields, the emissary? Of Kevin McCarthy, what's he talking about? Oh, people don't care. They care about their taxes. <laughs> uh, the taxes of whom will not be raised. Joe Biden's already said, if you make below $400,000, you're good to go. We're not raising your taxes. We're looking to raise the taxes of the rich. <laughs> How does that continue to be a thing that works? They just always talking about the taxes and that's the most important thing. I, it's it's programming. It's got to be like a Pavlovian response mm -hmm. with Republicans or just American voters in general. Oh, my taxes. Oh, yeah, my taxes. <laughs> what about my taxes? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Just gross. Yeah. Un-American. Anti-democratic. Not standing up and saying we need all the answers from every every facet that we can get them. Uh, anyway, the other facet of our government, as I'm very fired up now, is the Supreme Court. Hmm. Uh, a series of very disappointing rulings in a 6-3 vote. I saw, I saw a tweet or a headline from Fox News that says the Supreme Court is actually split 3-3-3. Really? Is that... Can, can verdicts come down 3-3-3, three, 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 Fox News, you fucking idiots? It's split 3-3-3. Three, three, three. What, what is the meaning of that? It's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Because you can only vote one way or the other. Are they trying to say there's three conservatives, three moderates, three liberals? I, I believe that is probably what they're getting at. But, but the, the it's nonsense. It's a way to try to... Um, Move away from the fact that the court is a 6-3 liberal conservative majority mm -hmm. or conservative liberal majority. Right. Um, because of Donald Trump's election. Because of Donald Trump's election and 
because of Mitch McConnell's chicanery, his obstructionist, his, mm-hmm. his, his obstructionist behavior, his, his um, bizarre strategy and lack of integrity mm-hmm. has led us to where we are. Right. And listen, it's ret- retrospectively that I say this, but maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have left. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, I've, I saw a lot of people say that when, when she died, criticizing that she didn't leave even before she died. And um, feminists would would jump up and down and freak out. And what you can't tell her, yeah, we're talking about the health and the and the wellness of our country. This isn't a a a, a sexist issue. Just like it's not for Justice Breyer, who needs to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, who needs to goddamn retire right now? Not in the waning months of of Joe Biden's presidency, when Mitch McConnell very well could be majority leader again and would not allow. Another pick to be made until after the election when maybe a Republican will be in place. Well, a new polling from Data for Progress, they they did some polling on this in June. They found that nearly six in 10 Americans recognize that it's time for Breyer to conclude his 27 years of service yeah. on the Supreme Court. Yes. And unfortunately, according to reports, he's not showing signs that he's answering the call. Uh, for for his retirement. It's disappointing. It is disappointing, especially because Mitch McConnell is, like you just said, up to his old tricks and indicating that he will get in the way of a, a Joe Biden-appointed Supreme Court nominee if Republicans take back the Senate in the next election cycle. So here is Mitch McConnell with Hugh Hewitt. Let me ask you, if you regain the majority in 2022 for the Republicans. And there's a very good chance of that happening. I'll come back to the individual races in a second. Would the rule that you applied in 2016 to the Scalia vacancy apply in 2024 to any vacancy that occurred then? Well, I think in the middle of a presidential election, if you have a Senate of the opposite party of the president, you have to go back to the 1880s to find the last time a vacancy was filled. No, I think it's highly unlikely. In fact, no, I don't think either party, if it controlled, if it were different from the president, would confirm a Supreme Court nominee in the middle of an election. That, uh, what was different in 2020 was we were of the same party as the Correct. president. And that's why we went ahead with it. That's why I think people who are, are angst about Justice Breyer stepping down right now are just nuts. If he retired next year after the abortion case, I just don't see him retiring with Dobbs and, and the Second Amendment on the docket and possibly affirmative action. Now, let me ask you about the key thing, leader, about the 2023 term. Again, if you are back as the Senate Republican leader, and I hope you are, and a Democrat retires at the end of 2023 and they're 18 months, that would be the Anthony Kennedy precedent. Would they get a fair shot at a hearing, not a radical, but a normal mainstream liberal? Well, we'd have to wait and see what, what happens. Uh, you mentioned Justice Breyer. I do want to give him a shout out, though, because he joined what Justice Ginsburg said in 2019, that nine is the right number for the Supreme Court. And I, I admire him for that. I think even the liberal justices on the Supreme Court have made it clear court packing. All right. You know, everybody, you know, that 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 very unquoted clause of the Constitution that if the Senate is of the opposite party of the blah, 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 blah. Nope. 
They are making it all up as they go along. And Republicans who don't give a fuck about democracy, who don't give a shit about the Constitution, are just, yeah, that sounds good to me. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. They talk about being the party of the Constitution, respect for the Constitution. This is an abdication of any due respect to the Constitution. The Constitution is very clear. The Senate has the power of advice and consent on confirmations for several different positions. The Supreme Court being one of them. And uh, they have obstructed. They have refused to confirm a Democrat's nominations. And it, it is... It, he needs to go. Breyer needs to retire. Thank you for your service, kind sir. But it's time to go. It is time. Because if, it, if, this, if this happens the way that Democrats are clearly not finding the intestinal fortitude to face, then what's going to happen? We, we have to pack the court. We have to pack the court. There needs to be 13 or 15 members of the Supreme Court well, yeah. to, 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 to bring balance back to the force, as it were. Well, and I love Mitch McConnell acting like he's this principled person who, yeah. if he was granted the opportunity to pack the court, <laughs> I mean, I can imagine in a few years he's going to be on Hugh Hewitt's show talking about how important it is to pack the court. Well, you know, when you've got this many Democrats versus that when the ratio is like this, we clearly believe that we have to pack the court yeah. now. I mean, nine is not really a perfect number when you think about it. It. I, I can just hear him saying that a year from now. I mean, who knows? Yeah. He, he has no principles. And I don't understand. I mean, of course, Stephen Breyer is reading the news and he is seeing the calls from yes. progressive groups for him to retire. And I can't imagine after you hear Mitch McConnell say something like what he did on Hugh Hewitt's show that you think, no, I'm going to just continue to stick it out. Everything will work out. Everything's fine. Do you, do you think that... Uh... That Breyer's listening to that interview and be like, oh, thanks for the shout out, Mitch McConnell. I think so great that Mitch McConnell's shouting me out. I think that Breyer probably has a Google alert set up for himself. So anytime his name is mentioned, he gets an email and he can go and look up the different articles and things that are being said about himself. I'll take it a step further. I think that he has another Google alert set yeah. for his name and Mitch McConnell's name. Exactly. Just waiting with bated breath on what Mitch McConnell might be saying about it. That's exactly right. Ugh. I think he does. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think about this. I think there are certainly two camps and there's probably a third camp, which is the I don't know camp, but... Um, or I don't care. What do you think? Should should uh, Breyer get the fuck out of there and not put us in a position like we've been with Merrick Garland and then uh, Amy Coney Barrett? I mean, it seems pretty clear to me, but mm-hmm. we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email us at idoubtit.dollamore.com. I think it was, Neil Gorsuch was first, right? Uh, Neil Gorsuch is what happened with Merrick Garland. Right. And then uh, Kavanaugh replaced Kennedy when he left. And then Amy Coney Barrett is when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Three. Was I wrong? Is that, are you pointing out that I was wrong about that? Well, something? you said Merrick Garland and Amy Coney Barrett situation. And so I was just clarifying that I believe Neil Gorsuch was the first one. Yeah, but the Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, remember, was that was, that was, if they had followed the rules that they, they set for Merrick Garland, there wouldn't have been, Amy Coney Barrett wouldn't have oh, even been right. gotten I get the what vote. you're saying. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, phew, I wasn't wrong. Well, <laughs> this time, this time you weren't wrong. All right. Well, listen, we, we, we don't like an episode to go without criticizing Joe Biden. 
That's a joke, everybody. Calm down. Cars are screeching off the road everywhere. Uh, we have been critical of Joe Biden at, at, at points. During what? the campaign, certainly, we were we were critical of Joe, Joe Biden with his thumping in the chest of voters. Well, you don't like me, then vote for Donald Trump. Maybe he had a different voice I, when he said yeah. it, but that's what he said. Okay. Ch- challenging voters to fucking push-up contests on the campaign. That, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, he was calling them soy boys. It was yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the extension. That's the next. <laughs> Had the campaign gone like another week, maybe we would have seen that. <laughs> yeah. So J- Joe Biden, he's been critical. He freaked out on Caitlin Collins from CNN about asking negative questions. And then again yesterday... As the 4th of July weekend begins, Mm -hmm. he's doing the same nonsense. Yeah, he gave a press conference with the latest jobs report, which was really great. And he was in celebration mode. And he didn't want all these negative reporters raining on his holiday parade. Are you worried that the Afghan government might fall? I mean, we are hearing about the Taliban taking more and more districts. Look, we're in that war for 20 years. 20 years. And... uh, I think I met with uh, the Afghan government here in, in the White House, in the Oval. I think they have the capacity to be able to sustain the government. They're going to have to be down the road, more negotiations, I suspect. But uh, I, am, uh, I am concerned that they deal with the internal issues that they have to be able to generate the kind of support they need nationwide to maintain the government. If there is evidence that Kabul is is threatened, which some of the intelligence reports have suggested it could be in six months or thereabouts, do you think you've got the capability to help provide any kind of air support, military support to them to, to keep the capital safe, even if the U.S. troops are obviously fully out by that? We have uh, worked out an over-horizon capacity that we can be value-added, but the Afghans are going to have to be able to do it themselves with the Air Force they have, which you're helping them maintain. Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer any more questions on Afghanistan. Look, it's 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week, but on this is a holiday weekend. I'm going to celebrate it. There's great things happening. Economy's growing faster than any time in 40 years. We've got a record number of new jobs. COVID deaths are down 90%. Wages are up faster than any time in 15 years. We're bringing out our, bringing our troops home. We have uh, all across America, people are going to ball games and doing good things. This is a good. I'll be. I'll answer all your negative questions. Not negative. Your legitimate questions. Look, look, everybody. Why aren't you asking me questions that really are hard hitting? Like, hey, Joe. What's your favorite kind of firework? Do you like red sparklers or do you like blue sparklers? Mm. Uh, what, what kind of questions? You're the president of the United States of America who is withdrawing troops from Afghanistan, our longest war, and you want positive questions. Joe, Joe, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> Let's ask the hard-hitting questions of the president of the United States. Ketchup or no ketchup? Joe, do you think mustard makes life worth living? 
Callback, everybody. <laughs> Bringing it full circle right here at the end of the show. And so the reason that he doesn't really want to answer these questions is because it's being reported that he is kind of giving conflicted messages on Afghanistan with the American public. He's trying to reassure them that the forever wars are winding down, at least militarily. And then he's also trying to convince Afghans that the United States is not abandoning them at a moment when, according to intelligence analysts, that the government could fall in as few as six months yeah. uh, to the Taliban. So I, I would assume that is why he's like, I don't want any of these negative I mean, legitimate, but like not positive like questions that you guys are asking me right now. Then, really, his answer should be when asked about Afghanistan. No, no, we don't answer that. <laughs> I mean, that would be the ultimate. Like, no, 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 no. That's now we now nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, and again, people get upset when we criticize Joe Biden. Sometimes, not everybody, but certain people. You and- should be getting upset too. This is Trump. This is Trump behavior. This is a Trump answer. Well, you're always asking the tough questions. Why are you? Look, things are great. It is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I just can't imagine anyone defending this of like, no, it's the holiday. <laughs> like, well, he's, it, he's right. It th- is the 4th why, of July. <laughs> then why are you working? Yeah, I mean, you're the president. You're going to you you need to talk about things that are not like holidays. And it's not it's not a relaxing job. I, I mean, it wasn't known for that, like when you signed up for the position. So I'm not sure why well, you just he, he should only give press conferences right around holidays. So he can always use this as yeah, an excuse, like right. a Thanksgiving adjacent press conference. Yeah. Look, why are you guys not asking me whether I like the stuffing in the bird or out of the bird? <laughs> you got to ask me the right questions on holidays, yeah. guys. Stay on topic. Let's yeah. stay on topic topic today anyway we'd love to know what you think again six five seven this number should be programmed into your phone we should be a contact like we're friends yes six five seven four six four that's right thank you you six (laughs) six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine email i doubt it at dollamore.com It's the asshole of today. Project 100%. Uh, you, there were two prospective assholes of today. Yes. We'll talk asshole about the next today's. one in the future. Yeah, and I was wondering which one it was going to be, and I didn't want it to be this one because it's... I mean, it's it, there's a there, there is a silver lining here. Yeah. But the fact that this thing was allowed to exist at all, it's a tremendous bummer. Yeah, so uh, last month, well, apparently in May, the San Diego County Board of Supervisors voted to end Project 100%, which allowed unannounced home searches by a law enforcement investigator looking for evidence of an attempt to defraud the county welfare, food stamp, and other benefit programs. Yes. Now, this was a program where you did not need a search warrant. You did not need authorization from a judge. They would show up and they would search your house and look for any suspicion of wrongdoing when it came to receiving benefits. Not under the presumption of guilt. Not like, oh, we've got probable cause. At any moment, someone who is not a criminal, not suspected of a crime, can be searched and have items seized, presumably. Mm-hmm. And this was actually held up by two different courts. Well, and this went on for nearly 25 years. It started in 1997. And 
it just the act of applying would trigger an unannounced home search. Yeah. It wasn't as though, like you said, there was any kind of suspicion that would warrant the search. And I saw this article and I thought, are, like, how is this even something that was happening? Yeah, I, they tried to export this outside of San Diego County to, in a statewide way, and it didn't fly. It didn't happen. But this is disgusting. San Diego County should be ashamed of itself that allowed this to go on for decades. And uh, they are the asshole of today. Are they the asshole of today? The San Diego County Board of Supervisors? Well, they voted to terminate the program. So, I mean, great that that finally happened, I guess. But I, I'm just saying Project 100%. Anyone who is involved in it, anyone who created it, anyone who allowed it to go on for 25 years. Anyone who searched someone's house. Yeah, anyone who was culpable in continuing this madness. There was a 2014 study that the San Diego Tribune references that showed that the county had actually been inflating figures measuring how much fraud the program was catching. And the study found that the program was costing the county more than it was supposedly preventing, obviously. And county officials made a few changes, little tweaks here and there, and then they kept the program for another seven years. So they were yeah. finding, oh, okay, they're inflating the numbers to try to justify continuing this program. It's like drug testing welfare recipients. Right. It's, it's costing more yeah. money than it's actually preventing the For loss sure. of money. Uh, but let's keep it around because we like torturing people. That's what we exist to do. This isn't about public safety or public health or benefiting the public at yeah. all. It's criminalizing poverty. That's exactly what it is. When we're all at risk at any moment of being someone in need because things happen all the time. Yeah. You're not special. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... it's uh, Anyway, I don't want to go on a long jag because I know well, you're wanting to end the show. No, but let me also say this because this is happening right now in, in Los Angeles County where the, the their county board of supervisors is now criminalizing poverty, setting up new rules for anti-camping where homeless people... Like, where do they go? Where are these people who are destitute? Where do they go? Get the fuck out of L.A. County. We don't care. No camping allowed. Look, there are... Anyway, that's a, that's a topic for another for another episode. Mm -hmm. Maybe we bring somebody on or something. Yeah, so Project 100%. Uh, hopefully, this does not exist anywhere else. And hopefully, uh, people talk more about this and the ways in which... Uh, poverty is criminalized and how we need to stop doing this to people who need help. We're already probably in the lowest moment of their life. They don't need the boot of the United States government on their fucking neck. Yeah. All right. We're going to end it there. We encourage your participation. 657-464-7609. Of course, we always take your voice memos via email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you. We'd encourage you to consider supporting our work, to consider producing the show. Go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast and get involved. You can become a, a patron. We're getting ready to, to create and send out fridge magnets by the end of the year. That's going to be a nice little treat. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.